What's good, messy melanin heads? Set on your sofa, pour yourself a shot or glass of whatever your pleasure, and join me, Petty Betty, Nosy Nick News, as I unpack everything black as fuck Hollywood gossip and the day to day political fuckery going on in this world. In this COVID world of 2020, come for my quirky commentary. Stay for the unloading of the weekly dose of crazy goings on in this world. Like, I don't even know where to begin, you guys, dealing with this coronavirus and all this other stuff. All I have to say is, listen, people, make sure you vote on November 3rd so we can get a sound president because right now the lack of leadership at 1600 pennsylvania avenue <laughs> it, it it's just a hot it's a hot mess and you guys know that but anyway i don't even want to talk about 1600 pennsylvania avenue because that's not on my docket today so i want to welcome you all to my first episode. I'm so pumped because entertainment news is something that I cannot get enough of. Matter of fact, I'm a journalist and former news producer. So this shit is in my blood, my DNA. You hear me? Let me introduce myself real quick. I'm Nick News. I'm a daughter, wife, mother, sister, and best friend. I got a little bachelor's degree from a little podunk, predominantly white university. In the Buckeye State, I graduated with a degree in radio television, and I uh, minored in public communication. And yeah, I got a little master's degree or whatever from another PWI with my master's of arts in public relations. So writing and knowing the TV business, how it works, um, what makes it tick, how to multitask, how to survive. It's all in my wheelhouse. Hence, me starting traces of messy melanin. Yes. So, y'all, I'm going to be honest. I wanted to go to Clark Atlanta, and I got accepted there. However, they lost all of my information, so I couldn't attend Clark Atlanta. Plus, I didn't have any family down there, so y'all know (laughs) my mama was just like, no, 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 no. You're not going there. You don't have any family down there. And besides, the world is not all black. And I'm like, okay, but still, you know, whatever. Uh, You know, from time to time, I get a little salty in my feelings about that. (laughs) But what attending a PWI did for me was it just made me morph into the strong black woman I am today, regardless of the racism that I came across with my peers and whatnot. It just, it taught me how to grow up real quick, okay? Taught me how to grow up real quick. And I'm thankful for those lessons and those little blessings in disguise. But anyway, y'all, I digress. It's time to unwind and get all up into season five, episode one of The Real Housewives of Atlanta. I'm sorry, I said of Atlanta. Lord, I'm so excited. The Real Housewives of Potomac. Oh my God, but I love The Real Housewives of Atlanta too. They'll, um, I think they're currently um, filming season 13, if I'm not mistaken. I believe Candy Burris actually um, did an interview with someone talking about what it's like, um, you know, to be filming with, 
you know, being in the midst of a pandemic, you know, she said they're constantly getting their temperatures taken and whatnot. So I don't know how that's going to go, y'all. But Candy and the rest of the cast and crew, y'all just be safe because this silent monster is is something else. So y'all just be safe. Do what you're doing. Get them coins. Get them coins. But anyway, y'all. I'm talking about season five of The Real Housewives of Potomac. I don't know if you guys are fans of the show, but I know when the um, that when it first started, eh, I'm not gonna lie, it was a little dry. It was a little, it was a little dry, a little stale. Um, we got to meet the colorful cast of characters, which um, you know they. For a first season, it was it was just aight. But they did enough to whet your appetite. And they did enough to where, you know, Andy Cohen is like, hey, 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 I see something here. So now they're back season five. And um, man, <laughs> it's been some serious, serious drama. So we already know that the show opened up with that whole ass fight scene well um what was left of the fight scene I guess the ladies were at a um you know I guess they were out wine tasting or whatnot because all you see is like broken glass and things like that so I'm quite sure they were out wine tasting doing whatever kikiing and doing all that and then here we go with that beef between Candace and Monique they got into it and you know Candace in season four was you know begging Monique to drag her Monique couldn't drag her because she was pregnant with her third baby at the time so I guess this season um Monique showed Candace what was up Candace said drag me and her uh yeah by the looks of things it looks like Monique dragged the hell out of Candace um because after that the next scene cuts to I don't know if they're in uh, Giselle's house or if they're in Karen's house or whatnot but it's basically the ladies are all gathered together I don't know if I saw Candace in that situation with well a quote-unquote intervention I call it a situation but intervention where they were all talking to Monique you know about her bad behavior that they didn't you know they didn't care for her bad behavior And so it looks like they were really reprimanding her and just scolding her and saying things like, um, you know, this is basically not like how black women are supposed to act and da, 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 da. da. And I guess it was like Monique really got into her feelings because it didn't seem like anyone was um, coming to her defense. And so um, it ended with Monique saying, well, maybe this isn't what I should be doing or maybe I should surround myself with a different type of circle something to that effect I can't remember her words uh, verbatim but it was basically to that effect so my thing is Monique I hope you don't leave the show I'm hoping you stay sis you've been fighting since um not uh physically fist fighting but you've been fighting literally and figuratively to find your voice within the group and now you just you know you just put it out there that you're not the one the two or the three to be played with I'm just saying Candace you shouldn't be out here writing checks that your ass can't cash because um you are a lot of mouth and you do talk a lot of you talk you talk a lot of crap sis and it seems like you just got caught out on your shit but anyway Um, I want to backtrack about the breakdown of Candace and Monique's friendship because, you know, Candace joined the show in season three and she was um, 
you know, a pageant queen, just like Ashley. So she was brought in by Ashley. And it seemed like from the moment that Candace and Monique made each other's acquaintance, they became very close, almost to the fact where, you know how you ever just click, you know, as a woman, you ever just meet another woman for the first time that is on the same stuff that you're on and you guys just vibe and it's just like an instant connection. And then next thing you know, it's like y'all real cool and y'all like to kiki and kick it and like to spend a lot of quality time with each other and I think that's what was really happening with Candace and Monique during um season three because remember Candace had to um fight for her position within the group as well remember she caught a lot of flack being a mama's girl and you know living in a house where her mother was basically you know paying her bills for her and her fiance now husband Chris at the time so remember during season three it seemed like Candace was just trying a little bit too hard and you know everybody was <laughs> everybody was pretty much clowning her Giselle Karen you know because Candace did put a lot of her business out there I think a little bit too soon it was like I think she was just trying to um you know to fit in within the group and you know sometimes when you you're that new kid on the block and you come into a friendship of women that has already that already has its foundation and everybody already ha holds a position within the group I think Candace was just, you know, just talking a lot, just wanting the women to like her and wanting to just feel, you know, find her place within the group. So she caught a lot of flack during that season. But one thing that remained constant was her friendship with Monique. Now, um, so that friendship seemed to just blossom and develop into just a uh, just an amazing friendship from what we could see on TV. And then, of course, you know, whenever the ladies would talk about each other and how close they are, whatnot, they would, um, you know, show pictures of them hanging out outside of, you know, the camera. So it seemed like they really did do a lot of um, kicking it or whatever. So anyway, we fast forward to season four where we see um, that there's a little dissension between Candace and um, Monique and it all I feel started as a result of um, <laughs> Monique and Ashley so what I mean by that is if you guys remember during season four um, where Monique and Ashley went out no I'm sorry that What's that? Yeah. So anyway, Monique and Ashley, maybe it was season three or season. Well, season four, Monique was pregnant, but maybe not at the beginning. Y'all, I don't know. Anyway, if you watch the show, then you know what I'm talking about. You guys, you guys may remember that scene where Candace, um, not Candace, where um, Monique and Ashley were out kicking it, drinking, kicking, chopping it up. And, you know, ladies, if you're out with your <clears throat> with your home girl, your bestie, whatever you call it, your very close girlfriend and you guys are out drinking, having fun, just talking shit, catching up, talking about life, talking about marriage, talking about this, talking about that. You're going to drink. You're going to get tips. You're going to have an amazing time. So the ladies kikied and whatnot had a good time they walk you know they left each other's presence and then the next thing we know is that we see um Monique gets into a car accident where basically she jacked up the front 
end of her car. Now, Monique was trying to brush it off and say that she was, um, you know, that she was she tired. She was tired. She fell asleep behind the wheel and whatnot. But Ashley made it seem like Monique had drank too much. And that was the cause of, you know, of the accident. So I can't remember where the ladies went, but I think they took a little girl's trip away. And so, you know how the groups, um, you know how the ladies split up like Giselle, Karen and Robin. And then you might have um, Karen, Ashley, Katie, whenever Katie, you know, is featured on the show. But anyway, um, the group that Ashley went with, um, you know, the lady somehow Monique's name was mentioned and her um, messing up the front of the car, tearing up the car or whatnot. Um, Ashley made it be known like, no, nah, she wasn't tired. I believe she, you know, she was basically drunk. So that's basically what Ashley was saying that Monique was drunk and that that was the cause of the <laughs> of the crash or whatnot. Now, where I fault Ashley at is I feel like this. If we're friends and we're really tight like that, if we're out drinking and I see that you cannot, um, you know, that you can't drive or whatnot, I'm either going to call you an Uber or I'm going to take you home myself. I would have never just left you out there, you know, like that. A lot of times you feel like, oh, I can hold my liquor. I'm cool. I'm good or whatnot. And you drive tipsy if you want to call it tipsy but cops are going to call it drunk and you walk away and you drive like that and a situation arises I just don't feel that it was Ashley's place to be messy and to put it out in the atmosphere that Monique had all these drinks and then she almost even implied that Monique was almost like a like an alcoholic lightweight she put it out there in the atmosphere and it was kind of you know it's a little shady a little shady and then the ladies, you know, started looking at Monique sideways like, oh, OK, Miss Goody Goody, you didn't um, fall asleep behind the wheel. You was actually drinking. And that's what happened. So basically, from that situation, it caused a rift between Monique and Ashley. And what that did, in my opinion, to me, it made it um, it seemed like it solidified Candace's and Monique's relationship because now they finally had a common person that they couldn't stand and that person was Ashley so it's kind of like you know their vibe and everything got a little bit stronger and it seemed like you know that they were headed in the you know in the right direction and then during season four we find out that Monique um is now you know Monique is pregnant and then we find out that Ashley had a miscarriage. So um, in that whole little situation, Candace and Ashley started getting into it. And, um, you know, they really stopped um, communicating like how friends communicate. And they were almost to the point where they were like, shit, they were frenemies. And so with Ashley revealing that she had a miscarriage and that, you know, she and Michael were trying to, you know, try again, you know, to have, you know, to have babies and whatnot. Candace was trying to put her on blast. Like, well, if you're trying to get pregnant and everything, you sure are doing a lot of um, drinking while we're out, you know, while we're all out kicking it together and whatnot. So 
<laughs> so she and Ashley really started going back and forth, forth and back. And so I guess Candace felt like Monique should have chimed in or should have felt the same way that she was feeling. But Monique, of course, being a mother and having gone through um, a miscarriage as well, she started empathizing and sympathizing with Ashley. And then it seemed like Monique and Ashley's um, friendship was kind of getting back on track. And that to me, although I'm team Monique, that to me just kind of made me throw the side eye a little bit at Monique Lau. Listen, I understand as um, I understand that in friendships, things happen, friendships evolve. Sometimes you say things you don't mean, but I just feel that it was really wrong of Ashley to put Monique's business out there. You know, especially if they was out just kicking and kicking it to both of them while they were out just having a girl's day to themselves and just enjoying each other's company for Ashley to have um, taken that back to the group and implied that, you know, Monique had a hell, hell of a lot of drinks and basically got shit faced. And that's how she messed up the car and whatnot. I just still, you know, of course, being, you know, a mom and, you know, with Monique forgiving her, I could kind of see why Candace was feeling, you know, a sort of kind of way. But sometimes, hey, your friends can't always fight your battles for you. You know, like if you pick in a fight with somebody, you know, sometimes you're going to have those friends that's going to stand in. You know, they're going to stand in the mud with you and they're going to fight regardless of if you started the beef or if not. You got some of those friends that will do that. And then you have some of those friends who are just like, Narcissus, that's you. I don't have no beef with that person, whatnot, whatnot. So anyway, I digress because, you know, I could talk about this all day. But anyway, I feel like Monique forgiving Ashley and feeling um, empathetic and sympathetic towards her having a miscarriage because Monique had experienced one as well. I feel like that's what really caused one of the breakdowns and started to chip away at um, Candace and Monique's friendship. And then um, then it seemed like Monique and, you know, Candace started going back and forth and having their little tips and whatnot. And I really believe that 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 whole situation with Monique forgiving Ashley I really think that was the straw that really broke the camel's back and caused the breakdown in communication between um you know Monique and Candace so you know guys I'm just giving um giving you all just a little backstory into that but delving more into the season we start off with Monique at home and we see that baby number three is just as cute as babies one and two. And we come to find out Monique has a, a new baby, T'Challa. <laughs> she's got this bird that she's all in love with. And then we see her trying to potty train the bird and do all this with the dang on bird. And then um, she leaves home and she goes over to Karen's house, who is now the Grand Dame, is back in Potomac or whatnot. And so she and Ray have a new home and so Monique goes over to the house with the bird and goes over into uh Karen's new house and um you know she surveys it and throws a little light shade I guess when producers ask her oh what do you guys think about um what do you think about Karen's house and you know Monique just kikied a little bit oh it's cute because we already know Monique's house is bad okay <laughs> Monique has Monique's house is just it's that mega mansion that um Woo! It's that mega mansion. It's just, it's just her house is just amazing. If you haven't seen it, make sure you go back and watch old episodes of the show. The house is, it's late. It's bad. 
it's bad but anyway while monique and um karen are kikiing and catching up we come to find out find out that karen and ray are having um a little bit of marital problems they've been married they're the, like the veterans on the show um in the marriage department they've been married for you know 25 years and i guess um with ray being i think she i think karen said ray is like 15 years older than her Ray is just at that point where he's ready to just sit still and just retire and enjoy the fruits of his labor or whatnot. And you guys know that during season four, Karen launched La Dame perfume. Never tried it, never smelled it. If you guys have comment and let me know, like after listening to the podcast, do you own some La Dame? Are you going to buy some La Dame? So anyway, we come to find out that um, Ray is not really feeling that Karen is, um, you know, exploring her entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial, <laughs> entrepreneurial spirit, <laughs> excuse me, that she's, um, you know, she's filling herself. She's a, a lady boss. And so she's just out there wanting to be a boss. Like most of us entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs in the making, we have that that desire to be our own boss because sometimes working at these jobs let's face it they're not stable and they're not going to pay you your worth especially for everything you do not for eight hours of work anyway but I digress anyway so Karen is just feeling like that there's a big breakdown in the marriage and um you know she it's just feeling a certain kind of way because she's having like events going to host events and do events showcasing the perfume and it's like she said ray is kind of like shying away to that and so you know it's making her feel a certain kind of way but she did say that you know she that's her man and she gonna fight for her marriage and whatnot but then we see fast forward when they talk about the when they show snippets of the entire season looks like karen and ray Oh, there's really trouble in paradise, especially when she asked him, are you in love with me? Do you love me? And Ray said something and Karen got pissed and grabbed her shoes and stumped up the stairs. So we're going to see what drama unfolds with their marriage. So next we go on to Giselle and we find out that Giselle and her ex-husband, Pastor Jamal Bryant's of the new birth church in um what in the a they are back together and uh we remember during you know the first seasons of the show when Giselle was talking about um the demise of her uh relationship with the good pasta because um she said something about him not being able to keep his salami (laughs) where it needed to be you know he couldn't be faithful so that was basically the breakdown of their marriage and so i believe giselle said they were married for eight years or so don't quote me on that but anyway their marriage ended up falling apart because of his lack of being faith like he just couldn't be faithful to her so anyway their union they had three kids together and so what was so crazy was that you could feel the tension when um giselle called jamal because you know that um they had moved into a new home. And so, well, shoot, not a new home, but Giselle's dream home. And so, you know, Giselle was just pumped about this house because we saw during season four how long it took her when she found the place. She was, 
you know, it was basically seeming like um, a bit of a money pit. It was like she was putting so much money into it. And, you know, it was just going through the beginning stages of mm-hmm. her getting her house together. And um, it just was, you know, it wasn't to her liking. So now um, we see that the family has settled in and that they're good. And basically the only thing that's really missing from, you know, the familial structure would be Jamal. So anyway, Giselle and Jamal are on the phone. They FaceTime. And then, you know, Giselle's all excited. Oh, look at my new um, bar stools and everything like that. You know, she showed her little house. Um, I'm not she showed her house. I'm sorry. I said little house. She shows her house. And so, you know, Giselle, if you watch the show, you guys know that Giselle is about that bling life. She's just blinged out everywhere. So she's got bling all over the house. And so, um, you know, she's talking to Jamal about the chairs and then, um, you know, she turns the camera so the girls could say hi to their dad (laughs) and baby, when they looked at their daddy, they looked like, um, yeah, uh, I ain't messing with this dude. That's the look that they gave him. They was just like real, just dry. Like the tension was so, I swear it was like, you could hear a rat pissing on cotton. That's, they wasn't, they wasn't there for their daddy. They just, they was not having it. They was like, Mm-mm, I don't really want to talk to you. And that's pretty much the vibe that I got. And I was just like, well, damn, they don't, I mean, I was thinking maybe it has something to do you know, with the distance and by them, you know, being in uh, D.C. and by their dad being all the way in Atlanta, I'm thinking maybe that's has them feeling a certain kind of way and they want him to, you know, maybe move. But we know that's not happening. Not No, that's not happening. Not with that mega church. That ain't happening. But anyway, they just look at their daddy like, hey, what's up? They had no holla. So it was just real dry, real awkward. <laughs> so Giselle ends the phone call and she's looking at them like, I mean, what's wrong with y'all? Like, why y'all acting all dry to your dad? And so the girls basically told her that it feels like it's y'all and it feels like it's us. And they're basically saying that they not really fooling with their daddy because it seems like he only calls them to report back to her to let her know that he called to check in on them or whatnot. So they're basically, they're not feeling they dead. And um, it basically boils down to them not trusting their dad because of what he's done to their mother, you know, in the past. And it's almost like you really can't blame them. It's like, daddy or not, you hurt my mama. And it's like, you know, I'm really not going to fool with you until I see. Like, we could say a lot of things like, oh, I've changed, I've changed. But actions truly speak louder than words. So, you know, Giselle is feeling a little salty. Well, we're the adults of this family and we're running this family. So I don't know, y'all. I don't know if it's because the extra tithe money and she might need some help with the house, the bills and whatnot. I don't know. But for whatever reason, Giselle is going back to this man. Even the producers are like, do you think that it's going to work this time? Now, it's basically like the question, the line of questioning, you know, they did during her one on one confessional. And she's basically like, um, I'm going to give it a try. You know, I'm going to give it a try. So, y'all, we're going to see what's going to happen with uh, Giselle and Jamal. And then next we see Robin and Juan are in their home. And I just really love <laughs> the relationship that 
Juan and Robin have because it's like it's so it's so real and it's so authentic. A lot of times you may find where <clears throat> a couple gets together really young, they get married, infidelity happens because hey, he was in his prime a baller. I'm not excusing it at all, but you know the saying goes when you're dealing with athletes how they are, what happens, you know? And in that case, I believe, um, you know, they ended up breaking up and getting divorced. But it's something about the heart wants what it wants. And it seems like during the seasons that we watched um, Robin and Juan evolve, we saw that during like the first, the beginning season, it just seemed like Juan wasn't really into Robin, that he was just like, and, you know, it's like he was just doing it for like, you know how they say doing it for the gram? That seems like that's what he was doing at first. It was like he wasn't really there, wasn't really into it or really into her or really into their situation because, you know, they're basically just showing, hey, we're a divorced couple, but we love each other and we love our sons and we want to keep our family together. And that's pretty much what, you know, was going on with um, Juan and Robin. And then now to see them have gone from them talking about the demise of their marriage and everything that they have gone through as a couple to see them now back in love full effect and you know the boys are talking about we want a bigger house we want to you know the house is too small and then they're looking around their house like hey it is a little bit too small um because remember they had financial troubles one of Juan's friends who was supposed to have been their like money manager or something I believe he stole a good chunk of their money and that was just that was messed up so that's why I believe they had ended up moving into you know that home but you know they've they made it work and so one you know so Robin is like hey what are we gonna do like I want to get married because remember Robin once they started messing around like real heavy and seeming like you know they were You know, we couldn't define Juan and Robin's relationship. If you in that type of relationship with somebody, only you and that person can really (laughs) understand like the dynamics of why you guys are drawn together like a moth to a flame and things like that. So that's what we found out with them, that Juan is definitely back in and, you know, telling Robin like, hey, I want what you want. I want us to be a family. I we're going to get married. So just seeing that, I was just like, oh, you know, because I'm really like I'm rooting for them. I want to see them stay together because we've actually seen the highs and the lows of their relationships. And that's the one of the things about reality TV is like you get the opportunity to delve into people's real lives. And I feel like uh, Juan and Robin are really showing us have shown us their um shoot their whole life their day to not their day to day but we really got to see a divorced couple still being together raising their family and them going through the highs and the lows the ups and the downs financially and then to see them bounce back and to be you know to rise up out of that and to be stronger than ever that shit is bomb that's that's to me that's the epitome of love and I can't wait I'm wondering if they are going to um, show their wedding or whatnot on the show. I don't know. I'm excited about it. Um, let's see who. Oh, Lord, Candace. Did y'all see <laughs> with Candace and Chris? Now, Candace, you already had a wedding. 
out of this world. I mean, Candace's wedding, it was just like jaw dropping. Like, I mean, I couldn't even, that wedding was the shit. Her mother and daddy paid a pretty penny. Candace got everything that uh, she <laughs> wanted and more. Just, um, so anyway, we find Candace and Chris and they have celebrated one year of marriage. And so they want to throw an anniversary party. So we find them inside this little swanky, swanky little posh type bar restaurant type of situation. And so they're walking around and it's, you know, it's a really cute place. You see the cherry blossoms hanging from the ceiling of the bar. And it's just, it's real cute and just swanky, my kind of vibe. And it's like overlooking the Potomac River and everything. It's just, it was hot. So Candace um, is excited, like, oh my goodness, this time we're going to be planning the party ourselves and we're going to come out of pocket. So I guess they discussed, you know, a budget or whatnot. So then the manager of the facility joins them. And so when she tells them that the cost of their, uh, the cost of <laughs> renting out the facility is going to be like 22 grand. I was just like, Lord have mercy. Now, Candace, you and Chris last season was looking at that $2.1 million home. Save your coins, sis. Now, I'm not trying to count nobody's coins, but $22,000 for one night versus you taking that $22K and putting it in a kitty to save towards your $2.1 million. I mean, to me, it's a no-brainer. But again, I ain't spending nobody's coins. I'm just speaking logically. I guess I'm speaking logically as um, somebody that ain't got coins to rub together. Not like that. But anyway, so Chris, of course, is like, okay, we'll figure it out. Da, 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 da. So Candace um, <laughs> calls her party the Diamonds and Denim Party. <laughs> and then... We see Candace again at her party. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait a minute. Before they have the party, Candace and Giselle meet up for <laughs> for dessert tasting because Candace has to, you know, I want to pick out what desserts I want my guests to, you know, to nibble on during the festivities and whatnot. So she and Giselle meet at a bakery and um, they get to talking and some shade serious 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 shade is thrown apparently you know and I kind of get what Giselle was saying how Candace is the type that went she can't see the wrong that she does because she's so too far gone and thinking that you know she's she's right and other people are wrong and then it's like I mean uh Candace do like her Twitter fingers are strong they real strong because I saw that tweet that she had put out there about, you know, Giselle's home and whatnot. And, um, you know, how she and Giselle was going back and forth talking about, you know, Giselle shaded her um, about the two point one million dollar house, basically saying that, you know, it's her mom going to pay for it or whatnot. And then Candace talking about Giselle's house. And so it, it was just a mess. So they go back and forth about that. And uh, things seem to get like a little heated between them while they're talking about it, because Giselle is like, can't you need to take accountability for, you know, what you said about my home and, um, you know, and trashing it and things like that. It was hurtful. And so Candace is just never sees the error of her ways because sometimes she just be so butt hurt. And it's like she doesn't see anybody else's feelings 
except her own. So they end up leaving and whatnot. So we they left. It was it was some tension there. It was it was real thick. I felt it. So then. Okay, so then we we're going to go to Ashley. That's who we didn't talk about. So Ashley, Ashley, Ashley. We see Ashley is now a new mommy. She um, at the season four reunion. I think I can't remember if she announced her pregnancy there or not. But anyway, we find Ashley is now a mom and she and Michael are talking about little baby Dean and Ashley is saying how she is so scared to take him out in the about <laughs> in the real world and so they're out for a walk and she's just basically turned into um just a spaz as all like new moms do it's like you know you want to protect your baby from everything you don't want him out in the element you don't want people talking around him kissing on him Especially not now anyways, but you know, Ashley just had that, the the new mom vibe and, um, it's kind of cool to actually see her not be so, um, flighty. It seems like she's always been searching for some sort, some sort of love. So it's like, she, she got it. Michael finally gave her, you know, what she wanted. So now she's a mom and that seems to have, um, mellowed her out a bit. We'll see though. Cause I don't know. We're going to see. But so, um, so we see her and Michael talking or whatnot. And then, um, after that, we find that, you know, Monique ends up coming over to her house and they have the babies together and, you know, they just having a little mommy date. And so Monique is talking about Candace's party and how, you know, all the ladies got an invitation and, you know, basically all the ladies, except for Ashley, Ashley didn't get an invitation. So, um, Ashley was basically saying, you know, I don't need an invitation. I I don't want to be there. And, you know, Candace was telling Giselle that she, you know, basically she don't want Ashley there. She's Ashley busy. Ashley and mama now. Ashley don't don't have time to come to my party. (laughs) So Ashley was telling Monique, oh, yeah, no, basically like y'all have fun. I I don't need to be there anyway. So we see Ashley and, um, you know, Monique, we definitely can tell that their relationship has definitely shifted since um, Ashley's miscarriage and they're, um, you know, they're reforging their friendship and, you know, mommyhood will bring about a change and will cause your friendships, you know, to evolve into, um, you know, they'll evolve, just evolve differently. In a different kind of way, since you guys are, um, you know, both moms. So then um, to backtrack to. Oh, no, we're not backtracking my bad. We're we're going to the party now. We're going to the party where the Denims and Diamonds party, Candace and her man's um, anniversary party. So that's where we are now. So Candace, her man, Denims, Diamonds. If you guys saw the show, the dress that <laughs> Candace had, I I don't know if Candace didn't pull something from the pageant um, pageant world. I don't know where she got this dress from, but it was like a sweetheart, sweetheart little dress. Just be dazzled to be damned. It was like somebody just went crazy with the damn um, glue gun and just got all types of Swarovski crystals and just glue and shit just everywhere. And then she has on these thigh high <laughs> denim boots. I, I don't know, y'all. She just looked. I don't know. She she just looked like Candace. So 
it was just it was just a little hot mess to me with that dress and them boots. They just did not. Nah, sis, they didn't go. But anyway, all her guests are showing up in their denim and diamonds. And then we are introduced to a new housewife, Dr. Wendy. She is Nigerian. And um, it was so funny. Y'all know the grand, the grand dame, excuse me, Karen always got to throw shade at somebody. So when Karen comes into the party and, you know, she says hello to Wendy and whatnot. And then you see the... um. You see Karen doing her confessional and she's like, I've sat on many boards with Dr. Wendy. I'm not impressed. I mean, damn, um, Karen, leave some mystery about how you feel about Wendy. You ain't had to let us know (laughs) out the gate that you can't stand her. Now I'm wondering how Wendy now is feeling since the show been wrapped like a year ago, seeing that. I'm wondering how she feels like seeing it. I'm wondering if Karen texts her, Wendy, no, it's all love, sweetie. It's all love. It's just how I felt, you know, upon meeting you in this type of situation. So I don't know. But anyway, Karen threw the little shade. And then uh, Candace's mama, of course, it's always a show with her damn mama. Lord, I'm just happy her mama ain't uh, smack her upside the head with a purse. Um, This episode, we still got several more to go. And so um, her mama comes in and, of course, mama is shading um, the fact that Candace has a um, a cash bar. <laughs> her mama all shady ass. So her mother, um, of course, is shading that fact. And so um, the other guests file in and then we see Giselle come in and she, of course, you already knew Giselle was going to set it, set it out with her fit body suit just blinged out just black cat body suit just bling 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 just come in looking like i gotta put my shades on because sis you blinded me with all your bedazzled and jewels and swarovski crystals or all that so giselle comes in and um as soon as you know giselle saying hello to everyone candace pulls her aside like oh we need to talk we need to talk and so you know, all the ladies go outside. Well, at first it was just um, Candace, Karen, and Giselle. They go outside to the table. And so Candace basically is um, trying to see where Giselle's head was because she felt the tension too when they went to go, you know, leave upon leaving the bakery. She felt the tension between them. So Candace, I feel like Candace knew that she had said some shit once again, cashing, writing checks that you can't really cash, sis. So she goes out there to try to fill Giselle out to see, you know, if they're cool. Are you okay? Because, you know, I felt like, and so Giselle just basically put it out there. Like Candace, I need you to start taking accountability for your actions. When you say stuff, um, you know, apologize because the stuff that you says, the stuff that you say, excuse me, is like really hurtful. So of course, Candace tries to play it off. And so Karen is just standing there, I guess, trying to play mediator. And then Monique and Wendy finally come out there And so, boom, the questions just start, the ladies just start questioning Giselle, you know, about Jamal. And so Giselle feeling a little bit overprotective is, you know, being a little snippy, basically trying to tell them none of y'all, none of y'all damn business. And, you know, of course, they want to get all up in the, up in Giselle's Kool-Aid and don't want to know the flavor, wanting to know how you, um, 
divorce him for his infidelity and now you back with him sis how that's gonna work and stuff like that and so you know you could see you could feel Giselle getting annoyed like you could really feel it because it was like her body language like her shoulders she just got tight in the shoulders her face just started you know scrunching up and stuff like that so you know she throwing him answers giving them just the tea that she wants them to have which was basically shit so then of course robin come lately like always robin and juan come there and so everybody you know speaks to her whatnot and so giselle of course pulls her fellow green eye bandit aside and they start um kikiing about how they gonna be asking me you know giselle how they gonna be asking me about jamal and i don't see um Big boy, which I guess she referred to Monique's husband, Chris. I don't see him there. I don't see Ray. I don't see whatever, whatever, whatever. So they kiki and laugh or whatnot about that. So after that little wannabe drama, they come back inside and then everybody, Candace pulls everyone to the center and she's asking for two married um, vets pretty much to toast to her and Chris in their one year and to give, you know, some thoughts, some marital advice or whatnot. So we have uh, Karen go first and, you know, she gave her spiel and whatnot about her keys to her marriage being successful and, you know, congratulating them on, you know, making it one year. And then Candace's mama get up, Lord child. I don't even know why. When Candace's mama said that she's been married for 35 years, but it's combined both of her marriages. I was just like, Ma, why? You ain't had to let us know that. We didn't need to know that <laughs> both of your marriages combined have equaled up to a total of 35 years. She had to let everybody know that. And then she said something. What did she say? Oh, talking about Candace and Chris, about them making love and whatnot it was just real awkward y'all know candace mama is team too much just like candace who is team team too too much so it's never a dull moment dealing with those two. Oh, and also we got to see um a little bit of sharice at the um at the party y'all remember reese reese how Sharice and Monique was real, real cool. And then some drama had popped off between them. And remember um, when Monique saw Sharice at the party, Monique avoided Sharice like the damn plague. And then during her confessional, when the producers was asking what was going on, Monique basically said that um, Sharice was spreading, you know, some rumors around the area about her and her family. And so, of course, the producers, you know, being a producer, you know, that you want to know the tea. What's tea, sis? What happened? So Monique was basically like, I'm not basically I'm not getting into it. I'm not telling y'all my shit. I don't want y'all knowing y'all not going to know because y'all nosy as hell. So she basically shut everybody down. So I guess we'll never know. Maybe Monique will have a moment where she will divulge um the demise of her friendship with Sharice because if you guys are fans of the show you know that Monique and Sharice were like big sister little sister so yeah I'm really kind of curious about that um yeah I'm curious to see um about Dr. Wendy also about who she is um what she's gonna bring to the table but by the looks of the previews it's like she gonna bring some drama it's gonna be some drama between her and Ashley so I'm here for that to see how that's gonna pop off all in all I believe that this season 
by far is the best season that the Real Housewives of Potomac has given us. I cannot wait to give my weekly recaps on the shit that happened. <laughs> I was not surprised um, that it was going to be some drama in the first episode. Mild drama, of course. They got it. We got to start off small, and then it's like we're on a roller coaster ride watching this show. We're going up, 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 and then we're going to go down. We're gonna see what causes the true, true crack between Candace and Monique. We're gonna find out what's going on in all their marriages. Of course, y'all know us some more. Candace gonna bring more drama about Michael. Lord have mercy. That's a um that's a podcast within itself, you guys. Dealing with Ashley and that dang on Michael, who we know just Michael liked the men's too. He likes Michael is just sexually fluid. And if Ashley could just keep it real and just say that her husband is sexually fluid and that she married him for, you know, the money, because any of you guys know, if you saw in season one, when we met Ashley, Ashley was a straight up party, party, party girl. And she had already alluded to the fact that she and Michael got down and did a lot of freaky things. So you already know the drama that happened with them. I'll recap later once we start delving um, into the season and Candace starts um, unveiling and revealing shit that Michael's been up to because y'all know it's Never a dull time <laughs> when dealing with Michael and <laughs> dealing with Ashley. So, y'all, that's all I got for today. I thank y'all for tuning in and for just, um, you know, just just giving the podcast a go, a listen. Make sure you like and make sure you follow me on the gram. Traces of Messy Melanin. Um, that's also my name on the book as well. So y'all make sure y'all like it and just follow me. Give me comments about what else you want me to talk about, what shows you might want me to recap. Um, I'm just so excited about this podcast, about this season five, what it's going to bring. Um, you guys, once again, like I said, don't forget in all seriousness, on a serious note, November Third, it's very important that you please, 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 please get out and vote. And on that, Melanin Heads, your girl, Nosy Nick News, is out.